Wolf. I'm your co-host Aaron. And I'm your co-host Max. And today, today we are discussing our first um, impressions having finished watching the entire thing of, at at time of recording, of of uh, the second season of the Netflix show. Yeah, so just so you know, like, full spoilers, both for, like, talking about all of Blood of Elves, which you should know already because we've done the whole series about that book, um, and um, full spoilers for the whole sh- uh, season two. Yeah, there will, like, the the, 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 the the usual spoiler rules will not apply, we will talk about the entire thing. Oh, and probably the later books as well, since some of those are relevant, so, yeah. Yeah, it um, has become surprisingly relevant, uh, to say the least, so... Um, yeah actually is that the first thing we want to talk about the big fucking spoiler no no no, no. let's let's let's, <laughs> let's leave that to let's, the end. let's that, not blow the load too to early like the tv I have, series I have, I have lots of actually mixed <laughs> thoughts on that like not yeah. bad mixed thoughts you know just mixed yeah <laughs> um, i think yeah. The, the most obvious thing to say is this isn't blood of elves this no. is it, it is it's we have to be really clear here this is not blood of elves this is completely new material uh i, I yeah. mean i'm fine with that as i've said the whole way through i'm fine with intertextuality and different interpretations of the source text fine with yeah. that but this is just all new witcher content so i'm you know, it's not what I was expecting. It was, I, I think I said, it was like revising for a history exam and turning up and the papers in French. It was just completely... Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, you know, like, uh, I've, I've said this many times to both of you already, but um, it's, it's this, this very strange feeling where simultaneously it is new Witcher content, it is good new Witcher content. Mm-hmm. None of it, none of it, I, I don't, I don't really think that any of it especially diverges from the themes that the Witcher usually deals with. Yeah, I think that's what However... I was going to say. Although the content is different, it still feels true to the kind of world that Sapphic yeah builds and true yeah. to the characters i think i feel yeah. i feel like by and large these are things that let's put it this way could happen in that world um i say by and large because I, i'm sure we will get into some details later on but um but you know um but it's not blood of elves and you know like i definitely i definitely for instance when i finished watching it i sat i sat down and i and i thought about it and like the first feeling that i had was that i felt a bit heartbroken like mm. that like we are we did not actually get an adaptation of uh well as lauren would say like uh, uh, like said on her twitter um a one-to-one adaptation of blood of elves but i don't i don't necessarily think that phrasing was was fair because we didn't really get the adaptation of blood of elves <laughs> one mm. to one or one to two or one to three <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like the way I described it when, like, you know, my partner hasn't read any of the books, and when, you know, he was asking me, I was like, well, the first episode is a very good adaptation of one of the short stories, and then the next seven hours, I would say about mm, half an hour of those are in Blood of Elves. (laughs) Yeah. The rest is... It's something new. And that's the thing. It is, if I can, like, let go of how much I wanted to see Blood of Elves, this is excellent television. It is... Yeah, visually beautiful. The fight choreography is amazing. The writing's incredible. The performance are, performances are unbelievable. The casting um, is just casting oh. incredible. The 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 sets, the costuming, it is incredible television. But it isn't Blood of Elves. Yeah, it's it's The Witcher, but it's not Blood of Elves. It's, it's Good it's, Witcher, it's very, but it's not ex- Blood of Elves. It's extremely The Witcher. It 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 gets all the themes ultimately basically right, but it's not Blood mm-hmm. of Elves. And it even it even sets itself up in such a way that like basically, I mean, as you've 
said to me, Aaron, like, we can't really have types of contempt in, like, exactly the form, or, like, even broadly the form that the book would yeah. suggest, because... Because, well, Yen's persona non grata with the Brotherhood. Yeah, in this, uh, in this They're never letting Siri out of their sight. In this timeline, unlike in the books, where, the, where Yen is a respected mage and sorceress and a part of the council of the Brotherhood, um, in this timeline, Yen is persona non grata. Yeah, she, she, yeah. She, she's she's a vagabond. She's an outlaw. Um, yeah, which I assume is going to give us more actually Yen, Geralt, and and Siri together time than we would have had otherwise, which is interesting and kind of a wish fulfillment thing. But it's not the same story. Yeah, it's it's a completely new Witcher tale, and it's a very good one. Like like I I want to be very clear. I do not really agree with most assessments that like have come in from some fans of the books that like this was somehow not to the spirit of it or to because I had some concerns for a second when I was watching about episodes four and five, but it pulled itself back at the very end. Um, I actually do think that it is it is true to the spirit and it even explores some bits of lore in a way that I think are fascinating. Yeah, I would and I think that is actually that. key about what Lauren is really great at. She clearly loves these books and while what she maybe isn't interested in doing is a direct adaptation of them, what she seems to be interested in doing is like finding something about a line and thinking oh, I, I want to explore that. So like all of this stuff about the, the monoliths is new. That doesn't, that isn't part of it really. But there's like one line in um the Renfrey story, um, where um, Stregobor says something about having like studied the runes on the monoliths and he knows about the curse of the Black Sun. I feel like she read that and was like, what about these monoliths? We should and just like, that spun that out into a whole yeah. other world. Yeah. 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 Um, and I feel like that's what she does. She loves these books and cares about them so much, but she wants to do her own thing with these little bits that don't get explored and just kind of like spin them out into a whole new thing. It, it feels, um, and this is just my feeling, um, that everyone on the writing team indeed very much loves this bo- these books in this world and is very mm-hmm. good at coming up with new stories in this world. However, mm-hmm. I didn't really want a new story that's what the spin-offs are for and i for one am very very <laughs> excited for blood origin which oh, was, that blood origin trailer oh. th- that trailer at the very end was a wonderful oh. gift to leave us at the very end guys thank you oh yes um, <laughs> and i am i'm very very excited for blood origin i very much enjoyed nightmare of the wolf um they are clearly extremely capable of telling their own stories of the world of the witcher that and they had decided i feel in the creation of this season to play to their strengths which is actually doing that but the, the, this is the thing though i didn't want your own stories guys <laughs> i wanted what helps <laughs> i mean yeah that's the thing i think if if season one hadn't been such a faithful adaptation of the short stories i would have been ready for ah okay we're playing fast and loose that's fine but it was a real like side swipe to like go from how faithful an adaptation that was and how faithful episode one was to a grain of truth and then all of a sudden it's just not what i expected if if it if from day one this had been a like we are doing something inspired by the books but we are kind of doing our own thing that i wouldn't have had this kind of niggling thing in my head but I mean, to some degree yes 
I mean, well, the, and the, in the degree that, like, in the in the sense that, like, there there wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have expected this from season two. But on mm-hmm. the other hand, if season one hadn't been faithful, I would have been pissed. So. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> the thing, the thing is, it's like, okay, they they did as you say, inevitably do a good job of um, encapsulating uh, the themes. There is a lot of uh, talk about, uh, you know, monsters are created by what they do, which they have, you know, they have Novella say that in episode one. There's a lot of um, talk about uh, uh, hatred being just like an endless, senseless cycle, which, you know, Nenica says, something like that. They they, they pick up all of those themes, and that's great, but I wanted Yarpin to talk to me about learning to live together, and I wanted Geralt and Siri to talk about the elves and violence and 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 learning to move past it. I wanted the Rose of Sharoth scene and I, and I wanted the caravan and I, I, I wanted to see them and it's not so much that this is its own separate thing and that's fine, it's good and I really like it for what it is, but it's that this is the only adaptation we're getting and so I will probably never see these things. Mm. <sighs> I did, I did. That's, that's the thing when we obviously talk about what we want to see and then you know telling different stories is that the stories still exist you don't have to see them on screen for them to exist like which is why mm-hmm. i'm really i've always i'm pretty chill with intertextuality and all that because you know we still have that story but now you know i don't need to see anya Chalotra do it <laughs> you know <laughs> or henry yeah. Cavill. i have that girl already so now i'm actually kind of interested to see all right well, cool what are they going to do with this like where are they going to go um because they could still they could do something that's even better or something that's more nuanced or interesting so that, that didn't phase me too much I mean, the only thing about, I mean, in the first couple of episodes that properly had me, like, going, what? No, you can't do that, was, was, was Eskel. Um, yeah, the Eskel thing is... Um, it's, I, 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 oh, it's just kill it off one of, one of your best boys in the first half yeah. of season two. It's, yeah. Fuck me, man. That was very left field. I did, yeah, I extremely did not expect what they pulled with Heskel. Yeah, I don't. I that that part I don't necessarily hate, but I think it did kind of foreshadow where how how the rest of the series would go. Yeah, the whole them. I think it explains why he was kind of mad, and they brought the sex workers to care more and and had more because you know they were he was possessed and slightly mad and whatever that kind of makes it make sense in that aspect and the whole thing about lessons being able to possess people is interesting and where that all comes from that's cool so i like that it's introduced a new thing like that to it but why did it have to be at the expense of eskel why can't they kill yeah, why could it have just been one of the random witchers like if like it's a cool plot could we not have just done it to one of the random like ones that they introduced for the show like yeah why did it have to be eskel I suppose it did make it unexpected. Mm. Um, and like, I hear what you're saying about being okay with intertextuality and it being a new story and that being good. And like, what's interesting, I think for me is we talked a lot about like how we first encountered the series. Like you first encountered it through the games and Dog first encountered it through the books and I first encountered it through the show. Um, you know, season one, I watched completely, completely like blind in terms of like, I had the only thing I knew about this series was that like it existed and it was fantasy. I didn't know literally a single other thing about it before I watched season one. Um, and so I'm coming into season two for the first time as someone who's read the books and become like kind of an obsessive fan. And so that's like an interesting transition, I guess, because I got to just sort of like experience the first season. Whereas this one, I'm coming at it like a lot more, I guess, critically because of that engagement with the books than like I would have 
um, last time. And I'm, I don't know, of course, it would have been different last time since I ended up being fairly faithful. But yeah, I don't know if I've just sort of like um, altered my like entire relationship to the series by like cram reading the books in between. Mm. <clears throat> well, I mean, we're still working our way through Time of Contempt, aren't we? Uh, in the old yeah. episodes way. So I imagine given, given that as far as the series goes, half of that is kind of moot now. <laughs> That's probably going to affect yeah. the interpretation yeah. of it thereof. Yeah. Um, yeah, it absolutely will. I mean... It, it did. There was a lot of um, sapek all over the season, though, and not just in terms of killing off characters that you like. But th- it, when they're in the sewer, the sewers, and they get attacked by the, I think it's the Zoigle, um, mm-hmm. and you meet this, 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 you know, deaf elf who's really, it's like, oh, I've got all these dreams. I'm gonna go home and raise some chickens and meet a buxom, raven-haired wife and have a beautiful life, and he immediately gets eaten. <laughs> 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 Sapic all uh, fucking over. Let's make this really too... lovely character that you're rooting for and kill him immediately. <laughs> oh, and like it wounds me that they made us go back and see like Jurga and his wife and kid dead. Oh. Ugh. And I know that's in the book. I know that's in the book. Not that they went back, but like that that we get a report that that happened. Mm. But ugh. ugh. I actually want to talk about that a little bit, right? Yeah. I feel like the fact that we actually see it in this, rather than us being told, um, is a great example of how sometimes show not tell is a stupid idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, because actually, no, no, the book simply telling us it happened in the words of Kadringer passing it on to Geralt mm-hmm. is significant in that like i think that actually emphasizes the horror of this fact a lot more um these were characters that had appeared in the in the book Geralt and Ciri mm-hmm. interacted with them they brought them together they were very significant in the story actually for that brief moment that they were there right um uh <laughs> Um, like, 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 and we only learned that, like, what, what, what happens to them after from a single sentence that Rienz has killed them from, like, like, like that, like, Kudringer manages to figure out. I actually think that was better than seeing it. I think it speaks and, to the the callousness and indifference yeah, with which yeah. they were killed. Yeah, and of mm-hmm. the world itself, for that matter. Yeah, that's true. I actually think that in this case. Show don't tell is wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, let, let's get on to uh, Rience because I think it's important to talk about how he's both different and not different. So the yeah, w- like he's still a fucking idiot, but he's way more competent. Yes, and more powerful, and he seems much more sinister. And the way, like the way that he burns his face in this one is obviously so different. Oh from my the books. god, it's so good. But it's incredible. <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole series, isn't it? Just because you know obviously it's still yennefer doing it but she's tr- she tricks him got a mouthful of alcohol and just spits it when he's threatening her with fire and it cooks his face it's just yeah. fantastic it's so cleverly done and it's so yeah. like a yen thing to do and it's so a rient thing to happen to him because it's his own <laughs> arrogance and it's just fantastic yeah I I love that scene. I mean, cause I sp- I, like from the minute she like loses her magic or whatever, I have thoughts about that. Incidentally, mm. um, I was I from the minute she like loses her magic, I was wondering, oh, well, what's gonna happen with like her rescuing Yaskir and and Rance's face and stuff then, and just like the way they pull that off, I just oh, I loved that. Yeah, it, it's really fun because it's not based on just her being this all powerful you know witch that she usually is. She has to be. She's really clever and like mm-hmm. crafty and outwits him to rescue her friend which is equally as good in my mind. Yes, and I kind of 
love um Gen and Yaskier's like frenemies shtick. It's it's very fun. Um but so I have some thoughts about the whole situation with Yen's magic. Um so it took me two watches to figure this out, right? Because the first time you watch it, and this this is sort of like an overview thing, because you kinda have to talk about all the episodes for this to, to work. Um the first time you watch it, it's just like, oh, she's lost her magic because question mark, and then at the end she gets it back because question mark. Um and you're kind of given to believe that she lost it because of using fire magic Mm. and that's clearly something that the show wants us to believe and wants people who read the book specifically to be like oh yeah well that's kind of what happens to Siri okay um so sure that happened um but then she gets her magic back as soon as the deathless mother leaves the sphere uh I think she had not actually lost her magic and it was the deathless mother fucking with her the whole time because she was in dimeridium chain until the hut Mm. There is no, she had no way of actually knowing that she didn't or did or didn't have magic. And like, Demeridium canonically makes mages feel shitty and weird. Yeah. So, like, of course she felt shitty and weird before. I, I'm inclined to agree there. Like, I did like, clearly they were doing a hat tip to people who'd read the books. Like, oh, she used magic like Siri did in the desert and you're not supposed yeah. to use fire magic. So she lost her powers, you know, because you mm-hmm. either burn up and die yourself or apparently you just lose the ability to. Um... But yeah, it was the Baba Yaga, basically. Yeah, <laughs> fucking totally. Because as you yeah. said, the, the Baba Yaga feeds off of um, fear and pain and misery. And desperation and yeah. Yeah, and she said like, she finds the one thing you're scared of. And obviously mm-hmm. Yen had sacrificed all of, had sacrificed the one thing the kind that she treasured most in the world at this point, her ability to bear children, to be this super all-powerful sorceress. And then obviously the Baba Yaga would know that. Um, so yeah, it was. I that, that's why... Thing. I agree with you where it's clearly just her fucking yeah. with Yen and getting in her yeah. head. Yeah. And I think it is so fantastic the inversion that's happening there actually. Um like as long as I just divorce myself from thinking about Blood of Elves. Mm. I love what they do with the writing. Like okay, so Yen sacrificed the thing that she cares about most, the ability to bear children for the ability to be this all-powerful sorceress. So the the deathless mother um you know takes away her magic to make her feel desperate enough to do the inverse of that, which is, well, or do the same thing again, which is give up, you know, what we who've read the books know to be her daughter, you know, spiritually, her daughter, Siri, mm-hmm. to get her magic back. Like, she's forcing her to reenact that. Yeah, that, that's just brilliant. Yeah. 10 yeah. out of 10. That's <laughs> fantastic yeah. writing. And, and yeah. the thing, it's, it's just, it shows just such a level of understanding of the source material on Lauren's mm-hmm. part that she's able to sort of put all that together and it still fits in with the themes of The Witcher and, and all that kind of thing. Uh, it's so good. And it's also the, the callback through it all. You know, mm-hmm. Fez Emir's talking about maybe wanting to bring back Witchers um, because he's finally got some elder blood and he wants to do that. And it was the first Witchers who originally, you know, imprisoned the Deathless Mother and so her entire life's mission since then has been to one try and escape and two get revenge on the witchers because that's exactly what she does as soon as she can um is come back possess the single most important thing to you know the witchers and to um yen just to fuck with them it's just it's so true to the source material if not by the letter of it but by the spirit of it and the other thing that's true to the source material of course is um you know the way they keep playing on people's need for like family and legacy and um reliving their trauma while trying to like you know avoid loneliness which like 
I think is the only thing that sort of made Vesemir believable in this bringing back the witchers thing um, is that they just keep playing on that theme. But while we're talking about the elder blood, uh, they came up with some new stuff about yeah. what the elder blood is. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I actually, I actually, okay, Lauren, if you're listening, I want to say that was an actually amazing enough piece of lore that I'm headcanoning it into my understanding of canon. Like, like, yeah. like the idea the, that the Elder Blood was basically a, uh, you know, like the, intended as this genocidal weapon by the elves against the humans. That, yeah, that is fantastic. That is that is fantastic yeah. world building. Yeah. And I mean, like this, this sort of um, this idea of Lara Doran as like a warrior who is a weapon against the humans who then, you know, she, according to the vision story, that Ciri sees. Yeah, um, the vision that Ciri sees apparently fucks it and falls in love with Kragenan, even though she's meant to be a warrior that's meant to be a weapon. And then apparently kills Kragenan anyway. Yeah. Like, and then, and then promises that her child will be her weapon of revenge against both races and, and it, will I love eventually the... destroy both that's kind of incredible <laughs> what i love about that on well, i love so many things about it but like one little thing i love about that is like obviously sapek draws so much on like fairy tales and folklore and plays and other parts of human culture and on uh on, on arthurian myths and everything else and that turns lara doran and kraganin from like your classic romeo and juliet where she's juliet to her being mercutio and screaming a plague on both your houses and I love it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just really interesting. And that, so it's, it's just interesting because as well, like, it's not just that, like, this gene that keeps getting passed along this bloodline that, like, the mages are manipulating because it belonged to Lara Doran because she was this elven whatever. But it is, like, intentionally because she was created to be something and it is, like, mutagenic alch- alchemy. Like, phew, mind blown. Yeah. It's, it's such a cool twist on the whole chosen one thing. I think rather than yeah. being this predestined wonderful hero or whatever it's actually no, you were designed to destroy the world of men yeah <laughs> again my campaign slogan that could be OFI's sorry we were watching um, when we were on holiday we were watching Lord of the Rings extended editions and there's like just so many times that they, they talk about like the new breed of orcs or whatever and like like we are here to destroy the world of men and just yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah. <sighs> but uh, hmm? where else? Where else are we gonna go? Um, I'm I'm trying to think because, I mean, we can't. I guess we should go on to the the, the big the, the big twist. The big spoiler. The big spoiler. So if you've read, the book, it's something that we've avoided saying on the podcast, even in full spoiler episodes, because we felt like it was such a thing to protect people from. Yes, it's arguably one of the best twists in literature. Um, this is like a throw your book against the wall twist. Yeah, it's like what, eight books in or something, and it's been hinted at since the very first first one. It's kind of like, mm. ah, ah, ah. Yeah. I think the challenge was they had two ways they could have done it. They could either have had, the twist obviously being that Junie is a meter, um, mm-hmm. and there were two ways they could have handled it. They could have, or three ways. They could either have just never had Emir appear and only speak through, you know, uh, messages, letters, or messengers, and just never have him mm-hmm. appear and be this dark, sinister character in the background affecting the world. Or they could have had him appear, but in, with a sort of Kylo Ren mask sort of thing on the go, disguising and then, no, his voice. No, nope, nope, they, they just nope, gave nope, us nope, the nope, answer nope. to the twist. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I thought they really up. were going to disguise him because, like, all through Fringilla's visions and stuff, he was wearing a mask and, like, nope. Was like, Here it is. Here you go. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
so I think that was a brave, a, a, a brave decision. Because um, I know some purists are going to have kittens over it. They're going to be mad. Uh, I, I, I will, I will genuinely say. Here's, here's, here's a scathing hot take from myself as the local purist. Um, like I actually, of the, of all the things that I'm not disappointed by. I am not disappointed by them just giving away the twist. I actually felt that that is a likely possibility from about the moment when, like, Ahir and and, um, uh, and Fringilla started talking about the fact that the beer is going to is going to come. Like, mm. yeah, the Sintra. I was like, no, you know, if I was making this, I I thought to myself, what I would do is I would reveal it now. And they didn't do any silly mask thing with distorted voices or anything. No, nope, they were like, yeah. Fuck it. Let's just say it outright. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think, like, this is probably one thing that I suppose is, like... So, for me, obviously, I came into this with, like, no knowledge of anything. So, like, when I read the book, it was, like, a massive twist. But I understand that, like, most of the audience who will have engaged with previous Witcher um, material, it being, you know, uh, English language Netflix. It'll be the games, and that is already a known thing in The Witcher 3. So, yeah. So, maybe it isn't a huge spoiler for them. (laughs) But, yeah. I think, yeah, I I think it's fair enough, really. And they do build it up as actually being suspenseful, and the reveal scene is pretty cool and i think you can understand it just from an operational point of view if you've got this actor to play juni you can't really have it right we're going to have you in for <laughs> for one or two episodes of the first season then we're not going to see you again until season eight <laughs> it's going to be hard to keep the guy on board uh, you kind of have to go oh, you come on <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. it's going to be spoiled by the casting because obviously if you're you've got emir making speeches in like the third season and juni doesn't appear but the guy is still in the cast <laughs> you're gonna go away. this is kind uh, of obvious so i think just yeah. from a pure make because books and tv are fundamentally different media you kind of have yeah. to work within those constraints so i can understand it just from mm-hmm. that point of view yeah no for sure um do we want to talk about the elves? Yeah, because I am already furiously tweeting at some people about. I I uh, saw your tweets. I thought it might be time to just get you to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I noticed you were quiet, so I went and looked at Twitter. So so Sorry. I have to I have to address Twitter. <laughs> I have to dw- address lots of people. I have to address and uh, th- th- this is this is just my take. So like there there are many many different ways, obviously, to read the source material of The Witcher. Um, um, and uh, there will be many, many cultural contexts that people come from when they when they read The Witcher, when they watch The Witcher, when they when they play The Witcher, um, whether game or tabletop. Um, but please stop thinking that the elves are meant to be a Native American allegory. <laughs> oh my God, I will lose my shit! Like, <laughs> like, 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 please, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I know this is very very hard but the witcher comes from an eastern european context where if you ask literally any one of us you will know that you should not sympathize with the scoyatel however much the idea of um indigenous people rising up against their oppressors to reclaim your land sounds amazing to frankly most people in the world it comes from a cultural context where many many times unlike say in the americas unlike in western europe 
there have like but like much more like frankly most of afro-eurasia there have been historical cases of and they number in the thousands of a once oppressed people toppling their oppressor establishing some form of power for themselves and then going on to do exactly the same goddamn shit as their oppressor did in a preceding age like um, and yeah, it, this is a theme in the, it's explicitly in the books. Yeah, with the, like, with yeah. the NL. They literally the, yeah. massacred humans and conquered yeah. their world. Yeah. They're as the, bad yeah. as each other. This is not just yeah. the case of the, an the, oppressor the, the, and a the, the theme is The theme is one that I understand why many, many, especially leftist Westerners, might find reactionary, but is actually unbelievably revolutionary in the Eastern European context, which is actually, please stop killing each other other over stupid shit <laughs> like like yeah they're like the, the the message is literally ideals will not feed you they are not worth dying for and they are yeah. definitely <laughs> not worth murdering somebody else for and this might seem upsetting but that is the message yeah and all of you are I mean, goddamn missing it <laughs> yeah and I mean, and it's and it is in the I know for like episodes four and five, like I know we we both you especially you mostly got concerned that the portrayal of the elves was becoming a little bit like oh like they're doing a rise of fascism thing and they're just like portraying the elves as innocent victims. They turned that shit around real quick because Francesca is fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I was very, I was very concerned initially in episodes four and five, but the turnaround at the end was very reassuring because it demonstrated actually that Lauren is the only valid Westerner. She understands the context. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, like, no, um, like, 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 I'm very much joking, but, um, <laughs> but, but, but it demonstrated that she does understand the context where this is coming from, which is, there is never, there, there, there is obvious, there are obviously always wrongs one side commits mm -hmm. against the other, demonstrably mm -hmm. documented throughout history as examples of wrong. But there is, but there, but there is no way to resolve that cycle of violence except by accepting, however difficult and impossible it may seem, that at some point you have to just stop. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like, and they did, they did a, a good job of conveying that theme. Even though I do miss like the the two scenes I really wanted to see of them dealing with it, they did do a good job of repeatedly talking about um, you know hatred being a cycle, about um, having to let go of it, of Geralt talking to Ciri about having to let go of like wanting vengeance. About they did they did quite a lot of, about like feeding um, the deathless mother with this like constant stream of of despair and depression or despair and, um, and, and 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 hatred and rage. So they did a really good job of like talking about that. And I mean that is like and like in the books that is like the idea of like when it's worth fighting and when it isn't is such a like complicated question i yeah. think they're doing a pretty good job yeah yeah like i will say i will say this in the end judgment this this fucking season reckoned with that question admirably and i respect it yeah yeah that said we probably should talk about how actually it was quite dodgy to um basically have the elves perpetrate a curse of the firstborn yeah i mean uh, yeah maybe we should yeah. avoid coding the elves as Jews, I'm just saying. I don't think that's what they meant to do. I mean, that's definitely how it reads. I'm not questioning that. Yeah. 
Um, I just think that, like, um, the writers are mostly American, right? No. Uh, the showrunner's yeah. American. Yeah. The showrunner's American. Yeah. And the writers are either, like, Irish or American, right? Like, on the show, mostly. Um, and just, like, in the American context, it's this is a very depressing and awful thing, but Bible stories don't read as Jewish. Yeah. Which... I'm not saying that's, that's good. I'm just saying that's the case. It's and just, it sucks. It's just, it's just like... Okay, but and I understand that, but like, but like, the end judgment is that like the series correctly depicted this particularly revanchist form of elven nationalism that uh, Francesca is going for as utterly fucking like, 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 like. I don't even you don't know how to describe it. Just like detached well, she says, from reality. In her own words, she says she doesn't want revenge; she wants justice, and her version of justice is just killing lots Everyone. and lots of humans. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, like, like. But then. But then they they uh, give us an example of her brutality. Uh, you know, a Bible passage about like like where she they basically simultaneously depict her as an insane ethnic nationalist and then choose to momentarily depict her as Moses. Yeah, I don't love that. As, as, again, I agree with you. I don't love it. I just, I, I just, I, guys, yeah. you should have thought about that one more. Should have like, thought about it. For I like can see. Five I can minutes. see it. I can see it was not intentional. But she's literally but walking dodgy. down the street, leading her people as she does it as well. <laughs> it's like, it's come very on, dodgy, lads. <laughs> like, like they, they mark yeah. the doors and everything. It's like. <laughs> Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. The oh, the and yeah, the we've alerted our people and that like yeah, that is uh, yeah. So there's yeah. um to to not to well not to too jarringly change the subject, but there's also in this series we also get um introduced to Triss on the on the matter of problematic things um and. I think, from the sounds of it, they are just not having Geralt and Triss be a thing, which I'm fine with. Yeah, I I, oh, God, I, yes. I just want to say I'm very happy with how the series handled the Triss thing. Mm. Yeah, because I feel like they had to address it, and I just love that they handled it as, like, she comes on to him, he backs off, the next day she kind of basically apologizes by saying, like, look, it just, after all the trauma I've been through, it's just the first time I'd felt anything in so long. That's all it was. Yeah. 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 And it's, and you know, like, this actually sets them up to actually become quite good friends in a meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah. And Which not I in a like. weird yeah. complex cool. wrapped up with trauma sort of way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And I, yeah, I'm really happy with how they handled that. I love show Triss. I'm a little concerned with how she reacted to being in series head, mind you. But, uh... Because you know that, like, oh my God, you're gonna kill us all. It's all your fault. She was, she was shell shocked. I was also pretty angry at the yes. time, but like when I saw that, but like, but like for what it's worth, Triss, show Triss, you're absolved. You were shell shocked. Yes. Also, she yes. feels she was shell shocked, and like, yes, she does. No, like for sure. Like I get that. Just like, whew, oh boy. Uh, um, you know what I really liked actually was when they were doing the like mutagenic alchemy thing with the um with the fanwith or whatever those flowers are called. Um, and the first thing that Vasimir says to her is, Ah, Triss, nobody knows the plants of this continent like you. It's like, oh plant mom <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> despite being extremely not fans of all other trisses we are fans of show Triss, i think show Triss is lovely yeah she's just nice yeah <sighs> i was trying to think what else would we want to make sure that we cover when we're just talking about our first to see a impression hmm? oh to say a fuck me okay <sighs> fuck me to say Jesus Christ. Poor Tessaia. I, okay, so there's so much I love about the show portrayal of Tessaia because like, okay, book Tessaia is... A nice queen. Troubling in a lot of ways. 
Um, particularly in her, like, need for rigid categorization to the point of, like, mage and mother cannot be in the same category, therefore all of the mages should be sterilized. Like, you know, like, book to say, uh, troubles me. But what I do like about her is that she is, like, whip smart and, like, is onto Vilgefortz's shit from minute one. Hmm. And that is not really what's happening here. No, they're banging. They are banging. Yeah. Um, which I suppose if you didn't know... Vilgefortz was the embodiment of evil. Um, Just like the most gross evil. Like, yeah, I like tweeted something today about like having to like make, like stop myself from gagging every time he's on screen while I'm like watching with my yeah, partner. Yeah, because that was a beautiful man. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I know. <laughs> um, but also like, ugh. <laughs> but you, you start to see, well, you saw at the end of the last season and in this one when he bellows at her, you can see the sort of simmering fury yeah. underneath everything yeah. that he does, which yeah. is good, but you also see poor sort of being very human and you know unsettled by all of this um it's good but and bad <laughs> obviously i i don't i don't hate the entire to is in love with uh fucking like 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 um the vilgefortz in this timeline um thing but like like it 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 so I have lost my trail of thought. Basically, I don't really hate it. it. I don't really hate it just because in this timeline, um, it does make more sense to, um, like, set up a bit more reason for why she takes Vilgefortz aside in the Fanad coup, I guess. Um, uh, mm-hmm. You know? I don't yeah, think. yeah, and I think they are doing something interesting with her. Because um, like I know a lot of people just really hate this. I do think they are doing something interesting with her because in in the books, like it's clear that she does have like an affection for the um, the younger mages that you know she basically raised when she was the headmistress before uh, Margarita took over. Um, but then like that's not really explored. So I like that they are exploring that like relationships matter to her, but just um, they're doing it in an interesting way. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the, the, um, so a fun summary I saw of the series thus far was from um, a mutual slash sort of pal of mine, uh, Lighter Gold, um, who said, The Witcher is a show about making the world safe for hot women unless you have to kill them. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, God. <laughs> I mean, oof, kind of it just made me think about the, the, the Deathless Mother plot again and like everything that kind of like went into that. And what's interesting to me about that is both Fringilla and Francesca did what she wanted and neither of them got what they wanted in the end and kind of Yen didn't do what she wanted and, you know, actually got what she wanted. I mean, God, Fringilla situation. Oof. Sorry, I just rewatched the scene where she like stabs everyone in the eye. Yeah, as like a murder scene, it's really good and intense and like scary and horrible. And also, uh-huh. it's got a good bit of body horror, like when she still echoes the guy's eye. It's probably like, oh no, oh yeah. no. Yeah. No, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't look at it. You know when you do the sort of hand wavy thing, and <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. A phenomenal bit of television. Um, and the, 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 this, what they're doing with Kahir, I think we should come round to as well. I, mm-hmm. I really like. I, I, his sort of arc is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, because obviously, la- I think the last we'd seen of him in the last season th- was that the bad Doppler had just got away. We haven't seen anything yes. of the bad Doppler this series. He's still around. Yeah, I wonder if he's just, yeah. Um, you know, what was it we were saying when we were watching? I was, if he's just like on a beach somewhere, like living in Kahir's body, like, I'm done. <laughs> 
So that's going to be interesting. But obviously, he's mm-hmm. um, he's returned to to his to his dad, <laughs> to the Emperor Mir, his dad. Um, not literally. That's not a spoiler. That's a joke I'm making about his queer father issues with with Emperor Mir. Um, yeah. But uh, I guess we're seeing uh, how the show's handling his um, desertion and going off to do something else and like deciding he's like not for an Elfgard, given that you know this ended with Amir being like, "I know you two are lying to me, and I don't trust you. Fuck off." So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that whole bit <sighs> is, is really good at sort of revealing the evil of Amir, like how ruthless and callous and uncaring he is. He's just like, "No, I did that. I ordered the the murder of the daughter. <laughs> I like, didn't have to think twice about it. I did that shit. You failed." I'm dealing with this. I'm taking it into my own hands. You know, sort of um, the most recent comparable character in media was obviously like someone like Thanos. <laughs> Just he uh-huh. has his goal. He's going to do it. Nothing's going to get in his way. So I'm again, I'm really happy with the characterization of Amir and how that's sort of mm-hmm. panning out. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they've done good. Yeah. Oh, God. Is it bad that I want to watch it a third time? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. This, this happens. <laughs> this does happen i feel like i feel like i i need to watch it like a third time now that i've like really come to terms with like what it is i feel like i need to like i feel like i've like sort of regained my innocence about uh about it being different and like i can just like now that i've kind of processed all of this i can just watch it for itself Mm. (sighs) because like actually well i've been sort of skimming through like some of the scenes that we didn't get from blood of elves and i'm realizing how much of the dialogue from them did make its way into the the show anyway Mm mm-hmm um, like Geralt's line to Siri about killing the hate inside yourself, like that sort of like that that all did make it in. It just it was just different. So yeah, <sighs> I think we've kind of yeah we've we've done a sort of scattergun um, response to the series, the whole thing. We're about fifty minutes in, so I think we can yeah. start to sort of summarize now. Yeah, wrap up. But, yeah. but as to what are like what, what's what's the main thing you took away from this, other than it's not blood of elves, <laughs> which is the most <laughs> obvious one. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's not Blood of Elves. Um, I feel like it's not Blood of I... Elves is the main thing, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the secondary thing, besides it not being Blood of Elves, and this is sort of related to it not being Blood of Elves, is that I am now sort of ready for future seasons to be just completely hog wild, and I am ready to be just, like, here for it. I'm ready to see, like, what they're going to do with this world and what they're going to show us with these themes in, in a new way. Um yeah because i think and, one thing to take away is yeah. there is no fat in this series there's no wasted time at all it is all pure concentrated distilled content <laughs> like you can't turn yeah. your, your mind your head away for a sec like one of the criticisms of the first series obviously for people who weren't really familiar with the timeline was that it was a bit confusing a bit jarring some of this content didn't really make sense this one none of that it's yeah 100 miles an hour from the get-go there's always either something important being said some violence happening on screen or something intense is going on and you have to be tuned in the whole time and i'm cool with that <laughs> yeah yeah so that's my takeaway round table <laughs> yeah i mean i have no, I've no idea if i even have much to add um i simultaneously as i say at the beginning it is not blood of elves but it is a good witcher story yeah yeah i, I think that's it ultimately um we're getting a bunch of basically completely new um witcher content which yeah. I am never going to complain about. I'm perfectly fine <laughs> with that. They clearly they understand the content, they understand the characters, they understand the world, and they're just going with it. And yeah, well, fucking yeah. Just because it isn't an episode of the Witcher cast without a slag in Game of Thrones at some point. Um 
I feel like this is like an inversion of the Game of Thrones situation where Game of Thrones did a pretty good job of being, up until they ran out of books to be faithful to, faithful to the plot points of the books while completely misunderstanding the themes and having, and making comments, in fact, in interviews about like, oh, themes are for book reports, uh, like not understanding what the story was about while doing some pretty beat for beat plot recreation. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is like an inversion of that where like the plot is hog wild. But the themes are all there. Yes, it could still have been an entirely logical progression of the book. Uh, and it would have made sense and was coherent within the world. Whereas mm-hmm. this is... Ooh, uh, yeah. Game of Thrones <laughs> was never that. Uh, yes. <laughs> I know we dunked on Game of Thrones a lot. Like, oh, It was a competently executed fantasy series. Just It was so big and it had so many flaws that it's right to point them out. I think is the disclaimer <laughs> that we should apply at all times to discussions of Game of Thrones. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um... Right, well, I think that's it, because if we keep talking any longer, I'm just going to want to, like, keep praise on the first episode, which that is for our next episode. So, um, that's our show. Thanks so much for joining us, and we hope you'll join us again next time uh, when we discuss the first episode of season two of uh, the Witcher Netflix series. Um, until then, um, our music is Medieval Abstraction by Lucas Purdy and Milislav Kolar, which you can find at freemusicarchive.org, and you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr as at the Witcher Cast, or email us at castapodtoyourwitcher at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.